Creative Babble. I'm Neil McTie. And I'm Javier Leva. And this is the Ponzi Playbook. Welcome to Your Family Matters with Doc Gallagher, journalist and the specialist in retirement success. Doc knows how to protect your principal and guide you into sound strategic financial planning for your future. This is Doc Gallagher. If this is the first time you've stopped by, I am the guy that wrote the book, The Money Doctor's Guide to Taking Care of Yourself When No One Else Will. Get you a complimentary copy of The Five Secrets to Protecting Your Safe Money. Have a great weekend, and I'll see you in church tomorrow. See you in church. You hear that, Neil? That is a man of God talking. That is Doc Gallagher, also known as William Neil Gallagher of Texas, who has a radio show with God knows how many listeners. And these people listen to him all the time and they seek his spiritual advice and maybe sometimes his uh, financial advice, right? Wait a minute. So this guy is also named Neil. So we're (laughs) going to really get into it today, I guess. So Doc Gallagher, is this the guy, the money doctor who's uh, from down in in Dallas? Is that who we're talking about today, Javier? Yeah, he's definitely not the Gallagher that uh, smashes watermelons on stage. (laughs) (laughs) So this Doc Gallagher, what a guy, right? I went on his website and this is what I read. Our mission is to be a vehicle of God's peace and comfort to as many people as possible, helping first with their financial peace of mind, then also with their spiritual, emotional, and family well-being. It's a man of God. Why wouldn't I trust him, right? I mean, this is an honest guy. And you know, this is not that strange, right? Because for a lot of evangelical Christians, I mean, there is a subset of Christianity that believes in the prosperity gospel, right? It's the idea that God wants people to be prosperous, and especially financially. So I like that, Javier. This guy, Doc Gallagher, is preaching to listeners on his radio show in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, basically saying, hey, God wants you to be wealthy. God wants you to live an abundant, prosperous life. And that resonates with people, right? If you're a faithful person, why wouldn't you then feel like, well, it's okay to be aspiring to just fill my pockets, right? So it doesn't feel like greed. It feels righteous and authentic. So Javier, let's listen to the master Doc Gallagher himself. I strongly believe that as a society, we some time ago crossed a threshold in which a great number of individuals today give up on themselves too easily. We've raised a generation who not only looks to others to rescue them in virtually every matter concerning their lives, but one that also demands 
that others, whether parents, friends, employees, or the government, immediately solve their problems to their liking. Freedom requires education and empowerment, and I educate and empower clients. Less government, more personal responsibility, and with the help of God, a better world. There's some key themes in there that I pulled out. One, he's anti-government, right? Or at least anti-big government. He is appealing to conservative Christian values. He believes that nobody should have a handout. It's all about hard work. He's also just appealing to those who believe that there's really only one word and one guide, and that's the word of God, and that's written in the Bible. Well, I think the irony of it is like, don't trust the government, trust me. (laughs) Yeah, don't trust the government. Exactly. So he's built this whole relationship with his listeners that's built around trust, that's built around the key word, affinity. That's right. That's what we're going to get into, I think, today, Javier, is the concept of affinity, but we're going to add another word to that, affinity fraud. If you're a con artist, you have to know your audience. That's right. And Doc Gallagher's audience is this specific subset of Christians, right? And and especially elderly Christians, too. So he has a niche. That's right. He's actually buying airtime in the Dallas-Fort Worth area on AM radio stations, some FM radio stations. As we know, you know, the younger generation is not tuning up on their AM radio stations in the morning. They're on their phones, on their devices. So he's got the audience. And then in addition to that, he really is speaking to those who are already retired but who are seeking an abundant life, who are seeking wealth still, right? They want their money to be both safe, but also grow so it can provide. So Doc Gallagher knows exactly who he's appealing to, and he's kind of a wizard at it. In fact, we know it's Doc Gallagher. He has that PhD from Brown. Wow. So he's no dummy, right? He's no dummy. Ivy League school. And his PhD is in philosophy. So Doc Gallagher, when he's putting together his thoughts, his ideas on these radio shows, he's a sophisticated and complex individual, uh, even if he's trying to reduce his ideas to sort of simple concepts or easily digestible concepts, which is how he approaches it. Now, the interesting thing about Doc Gallagher is that he has these radio shows, this Christian radio station show, but he's not pitching his financial scheme over the airway, right? He is just building his trust as an expert, as a man of faith. But how is he drawing in some of these victims? What Doc Gallagher does, Javier, is like you said, he builds that trust and then he offers sort of as an advertisement to listeners an opportunity to schedule just a one-on-one meeting with him to discuss retirement planning and what he calls, quote, risk-free income. So he's establishing trust, and then he gets those one-on-ones, and at that time is when he's working his magic. Yeah, in his book, the description says, financial advisor and radio personality Neil Gallagher is here to share the benefits of putting Christ back in the center of our personal spending habits. I have not read the book in full disclosure, but I would love to know what Jesus said about investing in the stock market. Yeah, because I'm sure the New York Stock Exchange, treasury bonds, those sorts of things were (laughs) prominent on his mind. 
Zig Ziglar, the sort of star sales hero, praises the book in a testimonial, in fact. Oh, really? Yeah. So Zig Ziglar, a man of faith, praises also Doc Gallagher's conviction in faith and his attention to growing wealth and money. But there are also two really outstanding excerpts that are both foreshadowing, foreboding, and (laughs) possess a bit of dark irony to them. Yeah, and one of the quotes in his book, he writes, Jesus Christ, Money Master, is a guide to a spiritual and financial journey that will enable you to answer one of life's most important questions. What is my money for? Here it is. It's not your money. That's kind of what happens, as we'll see later in the show. It's not your money. It's my money. So we talked about the radio show. We talked about the book. But tell me more about these one-on-one meetings that he would have with some of his followers. Yeah. So I can tell you a bit about that, Javier. So people are calling in saying, hey, Doc, hey, can I get a meeting? And then he takes those calls or he meets them in person. Now, Doc is older. He's in his 70s. And these are typically elderly, retired individuals. And then at that time, he offers what he calls a diversified growth and income strategy account in which he promises to acquire income-generated assets for his clients in five specific categories. And those categories are U.S. Treasury securities, publicly traded stocks, fixed indexed annuities, life settlements, and mutual fund shares. These are traditional sort of investment vehicles. They shouldn't scare anyone. And, you know, if I were retired and I had a sort of a nest egg, I'd think, hey, this seems like pretty solid investment opportunity. Oh, he seems like a solid guy. I mean, yeah, he's a PhD. Yeah, he sure does, Javier. He's even claiming to be a licensed investment advisor and he's promising modest returns. So nothing shocking, 5% to 8% per year. So unlike other Ponzi schemers that might offer that per month, he's just giving what looks like basic returns, nothing out of the normal. And if you're going to start a Ponzi scheme, which I don't recommend it, you know, be modest. Yeah. Do lower numbers. Do lower numbers. Yeah. You can certainly lure in conservative folks who are also going to be conservative with their money, who might look to conservative investments because they want to de-risk things. So he's offering that. But, but, but. But, but, but. Yeah. (laughs) This is the Ponzi playbook. So. Tell me the truth, Neil. What was Doc Gallagher really up to? So the truth about Doc is pretty ugly. Doc Gallagher is a classic tried-and-true Ponzi schemer. For nearly 10 years, he was running a Ponzi scheme, and he was using those one-on-one meetings as an opportunity to lure in investors who were basically plowing in their modest retirement accounts into his own bank account. And this Ponzi scheme got exposed. We'll get to that. But the figure is anywhere between a little over 19 million to possibly up to $32 million he pulled from retired Christians that believed he was speaking the word of God. Very, very unchristlike behavior for sure. But with all these Ponzi schemers, it seems like they get into this panic mode where 
and they have to raise money, rob Peter to pay Paul, so to speak, right? And tell me about that frenzy that he was going through while he was trying to convince people that their investment was actually good. Let me take the listeners through that question, Javier. So we know that Doc Gallagher is offering modest returns. So as he's pulling in new investor money, he only has to pay out modest returns. So he doesn't have to sort of drain the bank account quickly in order to make the Ponzi scheme work. But additionally, Doc Gallagher wasn't out there buying mega yachts. He was actually living a good life, but he wasn't living the mega life, the typical Ponzi life. So his Ponzi scheme was actually quite effective until it all sort of unraveled. So we know that he pulled in anywhere between this 19 and 32 million. It may have been up to 190 total senior citizen investors. The youngest of those investors was 62 years old, and the oldest one of those investors was 91 years old. So we know it's an affinity con, an affinity fraud, but he didn't use any of that money except for one $75,000 annuity purchase to invest in any of those five categories. So he was literally just putting the money in the bank and then paying prior investors with new investor money and then plowing the rest of the money into purchasing airtime, covering payroll, which included his son, even giving some of his money to a mistress who was some 15 years younger than him. And it's interesting because he's pouring it back into advertisement. You know, he's trying to recruit more people so that he could continue getting more revenue, right? So that's exactly right. He has to keep feeding the beast. So he has to keep the radio show going to build the affinity. And then he has to get those one-on-ones. So creating a Ponzi scheme is not as easy as it seems, right? I mean, he was doing this obviously for a long time. I mean, $19.3 million to $32 million and 190 senior citizens. He had to show them some kind of evidence that he was actually investing into something, right? Yeah. I mean, just like the Bernie Madoff, who he was trying to protect his readers from, he was producing fake statements. I mean, he was basically making payments and then including with those payments, phony account statements. And he also used those phony account statements to lure in new investors. I mean, this guy, I've seen photos, his office was a mess, but he was very good at keeping clean, false statements so that people felt like things were just working. And you know what they say, cleanliness is next to godliness. Ooh, Javier. So are we saying maybe if he's not cleanly, he might be the devil? Because there's some devil lurking in this guy. And I think actually his downfall shows how he was a lot more devilish than just a Ponzi schemer because what triggered the downfall was downright ugly. And you know, I want to make clear to the listeners that we're not bashing religion. In fact, it's quite the opposite. We're talking about a guy who was leveraging people's faith. That's right. And exploiting them. You know, it is the most anti-Christian thing to do. And that's why it's so evil. You describe him as this devil. He is. He's preying on elderly, retired Christian who are about to lose everything they ever worked for. 
That's so well said, Javier. I mean, it's downright evil because you're preying on people's deepest seated beliefs and faith in God and Jesus Christ. So Javier, let's shift to the downfall now. This is going to get really ugly. These two things that lead to the discovery of Doc Gallagher's fraud. So the first example is an investigator in Texas received a complaint by a family member that an elderly family member who had dementia actually lost a ton of money because there was a forgery. And the investigator starts digging, and what do they find out? That Doc Gallagher actually had a power of attorney over that victim and was able to sign over money from that victim into his own personal account. And what makes it even uglier is that I found a radio clip from Doc Gallagher's show in which he's actually talking about the dangers of powers of attorney. So let's go ahead and play that clip because it's kind of mind-blowing when you think about how Doc Gallagher was both revealing the danger but then actually the practitioner of that evil. Doc Gallagher with uh, John Vermillion talking about protecting your money and property. Don't try to do it yourself, please. I'm kneeling down here in the studio begging you, don't try to do it yourself. Trying to do your own legal planning is like trying to do your own appendectomy. Making out a general power of attorney is like giving somebody a blank check. So that's pretty remarkable. He's basically cautioning people to be careful with powers of attorney because somebody could take advantage of that and take all your money. But that is precisely what he's doing. So what happens next after this discovery? So there's actually a discovery later of a theft by Doc Gallagher of settlement proceeds of an orphan that he assisted who had been sexually abused, who received proceeds from a sexual abuse matter that was settled. And then Doc Gallagher sort of takes in this young person. And what do they do? He plows the settlement proceeds into his own account by keeping the orphan in the dark and making sure the lawyer knows the correct routing number to Doc's own account. So he really, really is a soulless figure. But as you can imagine, these are financial crimes. And these financial crimes then lead to referrals to, one, the Securities and Exchanges Commission, but also to the Texas State Attorney's Office. And it quickly leads to Doc's downfall. So why don't you go ahead and hammer out some of these uh, key dates that we see in 2019, Javier? In March of 2019, the Dallas County District Attorney's Office obtained an indictment against Gallagher for securities fraud and other criminal charges stemming from his scheme. And then a few days later, the SEC filed a civil complaint against Doc Gallagher and his two companies. Then the next day, he was arrested. And out of the millions and millions of dollars that he basically stole from his investors, he only had a little over $800,000 in his bank accounts prior to the indictment. So Javier, after those 2019 dates that you mentioned, things don't go you know, super fast. He is thrown in the slammer. He's not released on bond. And he's almost 80 years old at this time. But you know, a couple of years go by. And in November of 2021, he actually entered a guilty plea on the Texas state indictment 
And this is where I was shocked when I saw the sentencing that they gave him. Because this guy is at the end of his life, and they sentenced him to three life sentences plus 30 years. I mean, that's trying to say something there, right? As the saying goes, don't mess with Texas. I mean, this is a prime example. The sheriff is in town. Yeah, this is a Texas-sized sentencing. (laughs) This is Texas-sized sentencing. And there's a mugshot of him, and he just looks like a mess. I mean, this guy is done, and he just knows it. So, you know, they send a message. You know, his sentence is actually longer than Bernie Madoff's. I mean, it's remarkable. But it's because of the evilness and the ugliness of his crimes. You know, these Ponzi schemes, they have ripple effects, right? Once they're discovered, other people in the Ponzi schemer's orbit are affected too, right? And he worked very closely with his son. His son was very involved in his radio show. Was his son affected or involved in this Ponzi scheme? It appears from the court documents that his son kind of exited unscathed, at least financially, I can imagine emotionally, uh, was very difficult. But in early 2023, receivership notice, because the receivership was set up, which is basically just an attempt to collect proceeds to then distribute to the victim investors. But in that receivership notice, his son reveals a very modest salary that he received from his father's company from 2010 through 2019. And he didn't have any transfers that were sort of in excess of anything normal that would reveal any sort of conspiracy. So he wasn't indicted. And sometimes Ponzi schemers actually protect those closest to them and they keep them in the dark because, well, one, they don't want to reveal the darkness of their identity, but two, they actually want to protect them from the repercussions if they are to get caught. Right. But not everyone was unscathed by uh, Doc Gallagher's Ponzi scheme. His mistress, Deborah May Carter, failed to reveal that she actually had a $4 million, 900-acre ranch that she purchased. Now, remember, Doc Gallagher gave her $2 million. And now, because of that, she faces criminal charges, too as a co-conspirator, and her trial is scheduled to begin later on this year in September 2023. Ooh, that's going to be an interesting one, and we'll see what happens with Deborah May Carter. Maybe she was in the dark, too. It could have been that he was just doting on her and just giving her money, and it's not illegal to be a recipient of financial gifts. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, what really matters in this case are the victims and the people who lost their whole livelihood because of this guy. Take, for instance, Susan Pippi. She's 74 and said that her and her husband lost their entire life savings, about $600,000 to Gallagher. She told the New York Times that her husband was supposed to retire, but he had to continue working despite having nerve damage and a collapsed disc. So these are people who we're hoping that their nest egg, you know, that they were going to retire, enjoy life, travel, and all that gone. And now this poor guy had to continue working to the end of his life. She told the New York Times, that man didn't just mess up a year or two years. He ruined us for the rest of our lives. So Javier, at this point in time, the SEC has actually filed a motion for summary judgment, basically just saying, 
we want to get a judgment against Doc Gallagher. That uh, motion is actually stayed pending the resolution of the receivership, which is, you know, still trying to close out and receive the funds and distribute it to the uh, victim investors. And I last checked, and it was a little over $5 million that they were able to collect for victims. And that was through lawsuits and settlements with banks and radio stations and things like that, who sort of played a part in perpetuating the scheme, even if they deny any involvement, but it was pretty ugly against them. So they just settled. So Neil, I think we should end it with one last quote from Susan Pippi, who's one of Doc Gallagher's victims. She said, I will never trust anybody but God and my immediate family again. He took everything we had. All right, Neil. So what do we have coming up next time? So in our next episode, Javier, we're going to head down to Charlotte, North Carolina, our home state, to learn about Big Rick Siski. Big Rick lived big. I mean, Bentleys, vintage cars, mega mansion. I mean, he just had everything because of his Ponzi scheme. But his Ponzi scheme ends with all of the victims being made whole. And it's because of one single act that he did that I've never seen any other Ponzi schemer do. Oh, wow. And I'm going to hold that out for our next episode. I don't know anything about this case, and I'm hooked. I can't wait to hear it. Well, with that, Javier, I'm just going to caution all of our listeners. Whatever you do, don't start a Ponzi scheme. Ponzi scheme.